0: Hello and welcome to Destination Tokyo. It's Mark Shardlow here, as I have been since the beginning of January with 10 minutes or so of daily Olympic and Paralympic chat. If you want to check out the back episodes, do so. You'll find some familiar names there who've already returned from Tokyo with a medal. Now, I also work on a podcast called Her Spirit with Louise Minchin from Breakfast TV and Annie Emerson from BBC Triathlon. And they've got a fantastic guest list over the last year or so. Uh, but a few days ago, we spoke to Mel Marshall, uh, Olympic coach from GB Swimming. I've followed Mel since she was a swimmer in around 2001. She won six medals at the same Commonwealth Games. She was always disappointed, never had to have got an Olympic medal. But boy, what a coach she's turned out to be. Of course, most famously with Adam Peaty. And what's important to Mel is that she's a mentor to other women coaches too, as UK Sport looked to up the number of female coaches working at the Paris and Los Angeles Games. Well, the Her Spirit podcast has been published. You can hear this in full with Louise and Annie. And they started by asking Mel to reflect on the last couple of years
1: yeah it's been a fascinating 18 months and I use the word fascinating because it's probably the most politically correct answer that you can you can say online there's a lot of swear words normally behind what's gone on the last 18 months so but absolutely brilliant summer um me from a a coaching perspective you know it's just been amazing I, I managed to walk out of there with six medals myself and um just we've always said, let's get the athletes what they deserve. And sport can sometimes not work out like that. But this summer, those kids really, really got what they deserved. And um, credit to them, credit to the people that made it happen, credit to the massive amount of staff and effort and energy that's gone into finding COVID protocols, getting swimming pools in gardens, um, breaking through every barrier that you can break through to try and keep the The high performance element of what we do while the rest of the world shuts down so it was really beautiful and i'm still enjoying it now with a cold copperberg on an evening and just riding that high for another couple of weeks i feel very proud and i feel like you know if if i'm somebody that can be a role model to show that things are possible that i take that responsibility very seriously i remember being in rio actually and i was in the warm-up area and i looked around and i was the only female that was there for 47 minutes. I was timing it. Um, and, that, and I was just it was just really interesting to see. But I'm quite like blind to those things because I don't see gender. I don't see sexuality. I don't see anything really. I just see human beings and possibilities. And I think that that's probably the place we all need to start is like almost like every day start a fresh page. So whatever mistakes went on in the day before, tomorrow's always fresh with no mistakes in it. So, you know, people's intentions sometimes are good, but the way they portray themselves is not always received that way. So I just think try and see the best in people. I just think that get out there and give it a go. Don't be frightened. I always call it the bowling effect. Just bowl into the middle of the room, have confidence in yourself and just be your authentic self. Um, And I just feel very proud to, you know, if I am that you know, beacon of light to say that it is possible. Uh, I feel very proud to take on that, you know, that role and responsibility massively. So we're living this more and more sedentary and easy lifestyle. And I just, I worry, I really worry because if I look at me, you know, I was okay at school, but sport really was the education for my life. And I feel like, you know, I'm a good person. I'm a rounded person because I I won some competitions and I lost some competitions. I worked hard and I succeeded. I worked hard and I failed. You know, I was fit and healthy. And now, you know, because of those 10, 15 years of like exercise and fitness when I was younger, you know, I'm still really healthy now. Um, don't get me wrong. I like I like my prawn cocktail, crisps and popcorn at the cinema. But, you know, <laughs> you, you live a much healthier life. And I do worry now that everybody wants everything outcome but they don't realize there's a process you need to get that satisfaction of an outcome and kids now you know I really I really do worry that um we're not we're just we're just giving kids everything rather than putting competitive hurdles in their way to get over so that when they arrive at adulthood they've already coped with a lot of things those competitive hurdles are essential and I think that that's what sport does it provides those competitive hurdles to get over, to challenge yourself, to try and be better, to try and fail at something and fail at something and fail at something and then achieve it in the end. Um, it's so important and sport does that. And how good is it? You know, you've watched the Olympics. How good, like how good a mood does it put in everybody's living rooms when it comes okay. off? I know. Are we not even involved? We're just watching it. We're just watching and we love it. It's so good. It's so real and it's so honest. And I just think it's, it's, I mean, I'm biased. I've been in sport all my life, but I just, I love it. I love what it does. I love the hope it brings people. I love the backstories and, you know, how interesting it is. And at the end of the day, it's human beings and what can they do? And I think that's, you know, that's true in business. That's true in schools. That's true in any walk of life. Michael, we need to package everything up that you've just said. Coming back to you, Mel, I mean, what I love about you is it's funny. You talk about not um, perhaps being academic at school, but to me, you are so in touch with like emotional intelligence and you speak incredibly eloquently. So sport has given you all those things right, too, because it's given you the confidence to speak like that. So tell us where it all started in terms of where did did you get that from? Because I don't know if that's learnt behaviour or is that, you know, just kind of nature? Is it, you know, what is it? Great question. Reflective space counselling session about to happen. I think where does it come? It comes from a whole host of um, triumphs, tribulations and, and life, really. And again, I think some of the things that come from for me is is my is my parents, is the people that I've been lucky enough to grow up around, my, my friends, my my family, um, and I think that it just comes from, it just, it comes from life, I suppose. I don't, I don't know where it comes from. It, it it's not saying it doesn't arrive. It hasn't just arrived. you know, I've explored in terms of how you make the best version of yourself. Tried to always go into every situation with a positive attitude and that definitely comes from my dad um I've tried to go into every situation trying to be the best version of myself and that's very much come from my mum you know my mum I won't go into too much detail but has got you know um physical challenges which um um but she sort of sat me down when I was about you know eight or nine and she just said look you've got Two, two legs they work you've got two arms at work you've got energy and enthusiasm be positive and go out and give the world the best you've got and don't worry about anything else in between oh, that's that's how I've lived my life now when I'm playing my friend James on the table tennis table that's not the best attitude because I won't let him off for five hours because I want to beat him and I want to be the best um but um yeah it's just about being the best version of yourself like there's billion people on the planet and only one you. And I just think, take the time to know who you are, watch your good stuff, fall in love with your bad stuff and, you know, start every day fresh with no mistakes in it. Realise there will be some mistakes and just live, learn and then pick up the next day. Okay, so I want to talk about Adam, obviously, quite a lot. (laughs) So um, he talks about being, and we'll come to, let's do this first. Um, He talks when he was on Breakfast about being a deep thinker. So he really thinks a lot when he's swimming. And that, I found that really um illuminating actually. I like that. Yeah. He's um and again, he's like this last four years with me and him, it's been very much like so into Rio, very much like, right, we're doing this ads, you know, this is the way I think we should go about it. And this this four years for me were very much about moving him as he moved from I talked about it earlier, as he moved from somebody that was unconsciously competent just because of his age and okay. his maturation and his where he was in his career my job around the edge of him was to basically make sure that as he moves from being unconsciously competent to consciously competent, that he had the skill sets and the people around him to reflect during that space. You know, so he works very closely with his sports psych. They go on walks and talks. You know, we, we've put people in his team whereby he can, you know, some SAS guys, Harry and Rosie, and he goes again up in the Malvern Hills, walking with them, just reflecting on where he's at because, you know, he's a pioneer. He's the first person to do it, do what he's done in his sport. You know, it's the most, um, you know, dominant world record that stands across all sports, I think. So, you know, what people don't realise is that's a lonely journey. journey. And as soon as you become Olympic champion, it changes. No longer do people want you to do well. They're looking for when you're going to make a mistake, when you're going to do it wrong, when are you going to be beaten. Yeah. And that's a societal thing. But, you know, my job very much was to protect him and to make sure that he was able. I call it his Batman suit. You know, you're going to get this. You're going to get critique. You're going to get people jealous. You're going to get people. And none of it's about you, Adam. It's about them. It's what they haven't got. It's what they're missing out on. It's what story they want to sell. So as you go through that minefield of criticism, you need to really know who you are. So I put lots of things of supportive things around him to make sure that, you know, he, um, he does know who he is, he knows what he's about. And he's still on that, you know, transition now, and the next three years will be more and more interesting for him. But when he talks about being a reflective thinker, um, he's trying to work himself out, he's trying to work out how what's next. And, you know, he'll spend a lot of time in that space. And, um, you know, I really promote that. And there are ebbs and highs and lows of a four years, five year cycle. um, And he needs to have the people around him to to have that space and think and
0: reflect so much of interest there from mel marshall coach to adam P T, luke greenbank and the hopkin medal winners from tokyo and thanks to mel for interrupting a holiday uh, but also if you want to hear the full hour of that then please go to the her spirit podcast her spirit podcast and you can find out more about her spirit too by going to the her spirit website And that's it with reflections on the Olympic Games in Tokyo. We move for the next few days to the Paralympics and starting with Lauren Rolls, GB Rower in a fascinating interview. Thanks again for listening. See you on the next one. Bye-bye.